Hello and welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, February 17th. I'm your host, my name is Chris, and I am joined by my co-host and brother, Daniel. Yes, yeah, so welcome everyone to the podcast. We got it going for you. Yeah, happy, uh, is it Pokemon Day? What? Is it? Uh, yeah, it's Pokemon Day. Uh, I think it's called, yeah, I'm not sure. It's Ash Wednesday, so I assume it's Pokemon <laughs> Day. Why do you say Pokemon Day equates to Ash Wednesday? Ash, is that the name of the guy oh my. in Pokemon? Ash right? as Ketchup. <laughs> do I have that wrong? Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, we have a great show for you today. Yeah. Um, if you haven't tuned in to our other show, it's the Reader Copy Recap Show. We've been recapping WandaVision lately, and man, that show is getting pretty crazy. I mean, we knew from the start it was going to be bonkers, but mm. we just, there's so many questions keep coming up. Tune into that show if you guys want to um, tag along with us and go through the ride with us. It's it's a crazy ride. So many questions, so little answers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but- thank you. But on this show, we talk about uh, uh, different comic book stories, and we have a great one today. You probably know it. You've seen the title. This is like a story that you picked, but I've, I've been thinking about doing this comic book for a long time. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I was thinking about doing something on the fantasy side, and this kind of showed up on a bunch of lists online. And, you know, mm. I always see it in, like, sitting through short boxes, like, oh, what is this? And yeah. It just keeps popping up. So I thought, why not do it? Yeah. Uh, before we get into the comic books, why don't you explain how the show works? First off, we'll go through the comic book news and update you guys in all things comic books going in in the news. And then we'll talk about a comic. And of course, what we're doing this week is ElfQuest. Like I said, I just saw it a bunch of times. It's been through racking around my head like, oh, this seems kind of cool. Uh, I surprisingly liked it a lot. I, I did not expect to like it this much. And then at the end, we'll talk about our side stories. What the heck we've been doing all week. All right, let's uh, jump into the news. Like I said, we've been doing WandaVision on the Reader Copy Recap. But uh, coming up after that, debuting on March 19th on Disney Plus, is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. And they just released a trailer for it. Yeah, originally set to debut before WandaVision um, and showing casing our characters Falcon. Um, what's his name? What's the actor's name? Mackie. And we got Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. <laughs> <laughs> and we got uh, Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier there. Yeah. Um, this takes place, obviously, after Endgame. We know what happened to Cap. And now it's kind of like who takes over. I know he gave it to Sam, the shield, but like I feel like the government doesn't want him to be the next Captain America. You think that's what it is? I mean, do we need well, they, a Captain America? They make another Captain America we see in the trailer in the U.S. agent. Yeah, but it seemed like maybe that was just like a weird gag. Like, um, remember in First Avenger when we saw, yeah. you know, Cap do that whole showcase? Maybe we were just doing a modern version of that out on a football field. He's more of just a mascot, right? Yeah, U.S. agent. Yeah. But we also see Zemo looks like the big villain for the series. Uh, we saw Zemo in Civil War, um, pretty much took down the Avengers, <laughs> broke, broke them up, right? Yeah, had them fight each other. He's back. Um, he's back comic book accurate, too, with the mask. And it looks like he's here to like continue his work. I think Daniel Brill was such a great choice for this character. And just mm-hmm. his motivations are kind of pretty like unique and really powerful how he just wants revenge and then he just despises the idea of superheroes now right yeah 
he uh he's just like a tour de force the way he like just orchestrated this whole thing for them to kind of eat each other um but he's just so angry at the idea of superheroes because of what they've done to his family right so now it looks like falcon and winter soldier have to team up to take him down and maybe it looks like they're also like not doing it with the government's assistance almost oh. like it seems like they're just doing it on their own it seems like they're also on the run and I don't know if like if you broke down the trailer, there's scenes where it looks like they have to work with Zemo. Right, right. I remember in the teaser before all of this, there was a point where Winter Soldier was talking to Zemo, like dropping some like bullets into his hand, like they're teammates in yeah. a way. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's something like that. Kind of feels like uh, maybe Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol type of deal. Right. Yeah, the, the the vibe of the trailer is definitely like a Mission Impossible with the action of Fast and Furious. Um, so I think it's going to be more action-packed than uh, WandaVision, which I'm all about. I feel like after WandaVision, we need something like totally different. This is more grounded, more of a, I don't know, military-style movie. Um, we see shots of Falcon jumping out of a plane and doing almost like a Top Gun dogfight, but with his like wings against like a fighter jet. Do you like that scene? Yeah, I mean, the action is really like really cool to see but i'm curious if it's like motivating me enough to like really enjoy the show i don't know if it's enough i feel like i'm was way more excited with wandavision compared to this show oh really yeah i'd feel that way i i, I still don't know like what's the question here like who who's going to be the new captain america who kind of cares let's get a different <laughs> get get like make them characters in their own right and they already are so i'm kind of curious i'm still not really sure what the question of this show is it's taking over the shield. Who gets the shield? The shield is, it's a lot of money there. <laughs> Vibranium's a hot commodity these days. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Come on. Uh, we get to see them show up in um, a city that we haven't seen in the MCU, but it's very prominent in the comic books, uh, Majapur. Is that what that was? That whole yeah. like uh, cyberpunky uh, yeah. light up kind of Blade Runner look? Yeah. Oh. Majapur is like this like island, Asian island where it's just like, all the villains hang out. <laughs> totally. It's kind of seedy, but maybe also there's like, some of them are the ultra richer there too, because that's where like the biggest villains hang out. Yeah. Uh, the city is also very tied into Wolverine. So I wonder if there's going to be any kind of Easter eggs with Wolverine, or are we going to see like any other kind of connections to X-Men? Uh, I really thought in, remember in Endgame when Hawkeye was Ronin and he was like kicking ass as Ronin? Yeah. I thought that was going to be in Majapur, and I wish it was. It was just Japan, right? Yeah, I think it was just Japan. So I was like, eh, lame. That's a real place. I don't care about that. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that was Majapur. It looked really cool. It looked unique. I didn't know it was that. It kind of looked like what we were in uh, Korea in Black Panther. I thought that's just where we were. Sure. But okay. Yeah. I'm actually more interested now that it's Majapur. I didn't know that. And then it looks like there's more villains other than Zemo because we get, um, it's almost like a group and they have these masks with like a fingerprint or handprint on the masks, right? Yeah. And then uh, do you remember the name of these these characters? I have no idea who they are. I mean... Oh, they're they're called the Flag Smashers. Oh, isn't that a character's name or is it like a whole team? Yeah, it's a character. In the comic books, it's one character named yeah. Flag Smasher. But I think they just took the name and made it almost like a anti-establishment group that is going up against um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I don't know how Zemo folds into that, if they need him to get to them or something like that. But like... Seems like they're the big anti-government group that they're going up against, and maybe they're anti-establishment, anti-Captain America. Anti-Shield. He represents. 
if he represents that, right? Huh, okay. Interesting. Trying to tear down the system. Did they seem super powered to you? Because it looked like they were like given, I mean, they were given Winter Soldier a real fight. He got knocked off the tr- the truck. I mean, yeah, they're fighting on top of a moving truck. I'm like, I, I don't think you're normal, right? <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, I don't, that could be normal. We saw that on the challenge a couple seasons ago. Okay. Yeah, okay. They're tied up. But <laughs> uh, What I do like is Falcon does like the whole Fast and Furious thing where he like flies under the, the truck. Yeah. <laughs> well, when is Diesel going to drive in? I am excited for the, the, the show. <laughs> Definitely, it seems like it's going to be like the two of them are butting heads or rivals. It's like who's more macho or whatever. And um, we got hints of that in Civil War and all the other MCU movies with them. So a whole series of that, of kind of like this like on the run, not buddy cop, but like reverse buddy cop kind of thing. Like I think it totally works. Yeah, and you had to do some couples therapy in there, right? It seemed like (laughs) the funny part of the the trailer. So we'll see. Like I want to know what the real problem is. What what, what are those Flag Smashers deal? Why, who do they work for? Do you think, um, we know Chris Evans might return in the MCU. Do you think we see him in this? Oh, interesting. I don't think so. Just because the whole idea is who's going to move on and take up the mantle, if that's what the question yeah. is. So I think having them in there will be kind of taken away from it a bit. All right. Well, we'll find out on March 19th when this debuts on Disney+. Plus. But that's not the only trailer that came out this week. Actually, it came coming out the day that we're recording. Yeah. The Snyder Cut, Zack Snyder's Justice League, came out with an official trailer. We're only about a month away till that comes out. And the trailer has me excited. It does? Okay. Let me let me get your first impressions because sitting here, you know, with all the comic book news this week, I'm trying not to be a hater. Okay. All right. I I was definitely a hater of this when first announced and all that. And I don't think Justice League, the theatrical cut, was that bad. But watching the trailer, seeing what he's adding to it, knowing that it kind of like Justice League kill the idea of any future movies with those characters. Okay, yeah. This has me a little more excited, a little more hyped. And honestly, like I hope this saves the franchise to continue more past this. Yeah, I don't think we're going to we're not going to kill off <laughs> Batman or Wonder Woman, but you you mean this like continuity, this team of like actors or I want I want I want a Justice League 2. Make it happen, Snyder. With Snyder? Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Maybe we'll get another 4-hour movie after this. Um so <laughs> what what was introduced in this trailer? We got a lot more shots of dark side dark side is if you guys didn't know dark side is and in then, the movie <laughs> and then we have um shots of apocalypse and kind of his his court i guess of of like generals yeah and it looks like this is when they're sending stefan wolf down to take over earth and he's almost like kneeling to him and then we also see granny goodness right okay. that was pretty cool and then we see shots of Stephen Wolf attacking uh, Themyscira. And it looks like that was my favorite part of the theatrical cut. And this looks more devastating than that scene. Yeah, me too. He's like destroying Themyscira. We see that whole like crumbling like a circle building, right? So yeah. it's really like an attack. I think he's got the room for, and the time to ha- hang out at Themyscira a lot. So that's what mm-hmm. yeah, Snyder's uh, taking advantage. Um, it was Batman versus Superman where Batman had the dream, right? Oh, okay. With, with Flash just jumping in there for a second yeah, and then and fighting like the it nightmares. out. Yeah, the nightmare. So like he's having another nightmare, I'm guessing, in in Justice League. This this because we see him again in like the Batman trench coat uh, wasteland area. 
okay, if we get into it, he has a full conversation with the Joker at the end of the trailer, right? Jared Leto, yes. Jared Leto, his new look that was released earlier this week. Everyone was up in arms about it. What, what do you think? Like, is, is Jared Leto enough to carry this movie? <laughs> I like that he's in it. I like that it's not identical to his take from Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. A war-torn Joker? Yeah, yeah. A Joker that seems like he's like thriving in this world oh yeah maybe maybe yeah um yeah we finally get to see him and batman do something (laughs) yeah it feels a bit like injustice where it's like a post-apocalyptic you know past the normal justice league storyline and you know everything's really crappy you're right (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so do you think like in the course of this movie like apocalypse really like takes over the world and we're like in this uh, horrible thing and they're just trying to reverse it like it's not just a nightmare it's actual we follow that through line bruce bruce wayne says it's a dream or a premonition yeah so i think it is just like a vision that he has but i, I think it's gonna be a longer sequence than we got from bvs so i'm hoping there's a lot more into it um my guess is that in that vision or that reality superman has turned evil right yeah that's what we got from bbs uh and batman's there to try to defeat superman and for some reason he has to deal with joker and maybe joker has kryptonite he's the last one that's got it yeah for some i don't know how he has it but maybe he has it so he has to like bargain with the joker uh from the pvs remember like that's what he was trying to get was kryptonite and it was like a fake one right hmm yeah, I'm, so that's really all I'm interested in for the Snyder Cut <laughs> is that sequence. The sequence, the nightmare sequence. I'm thinking maybe we actually follow that storyline. Like we have a jump cut and it's like this pokes apocalyptic future. And the he the course of the thing is they have to reverse everything. And so that vision that he gets with Flash is actually just him talking to him in his in his dreams. Like Flash actually goes back and talks to him, you know? Oh, okay. And with the four hours to work with, maybe Snyder can actually do that. It's not just a... a uh, nightmare sequence. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so much that you could do with four hours. Yeah. <laughs> also, in the background, in that nightmare sequence is Cyborg. So Cyborg's yeah. there. We're getting a lot more Cyborg than when we got previously in the theatrical release. I hope we get to see, like, a cooler version of him. Yeah. I wonder if he just, like, turns, like, way more robotic, Robocop type of deal a lot more. Yeah. Maybe, like... I don't know. We see his dad in the, I, th- I don't know if it's in this trailer or the previous one, but like his dad dies okay. because of the mother box. So that's why he hates the mother box and that's in him. Mm. Um, or it was cre- he was created by one. Um, we see Wonder Woman. She is, not, it feels like she's not doing much more than what she already did in the, the first Justice League. Yeah. So I don't think there's much to her, but we do see more Flash stuff. Yeah. We saw the, um, him saving uh iris west right uh, saving yeah. her we saw that shot um we never got that in the movie that was just in the trailer so maybe we'll get more of him too we, we know that batman he's gonna be like let's start an alliance and they're yeah. just trying to take down dark side <laughs> and we, we get more of that do you like the look of of dark side and all his crew yeah i do like it um it, it's not i feel like in marvel movies Mm-hmm. They try to stylize it, but still look real, like realistic. Like Thanos, yeah, he's a huge alien dude, but he's like wearing clothes that you would think was clothes. Humanoid, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. Whereas in Snyder's version of these these villains, it's like they're wearing like glowing armor. It's like that's not like practical, but it looks badass. <laughs> so I'm okay with it. I was, I was squinting a bit. It looked pretty bright at certain points. Uh, <laughs> 
Is it getting towards like um, Michael Bay Transformers territory? Maybe, maybe. And again, I'm <laughs> trying not even, to be a hater. <laughs> you can't even tell what's going on. <laughs> yeah, which is I'm trying not to be a hater. I, I I'm curious when we get to like new gut stuff. Are we gonna keep this look as like Ava DuVernay? You know, builds those two worlds: Apocalypse and New Genesis. I I don't know. I don't know. I feel like if she does, then it's like confirmation that it's canon and we're going to get more Snyder stuff in DC. I hope so. I kind of like like this group, but I know I know Ben Affleck doesn't want to keep doing Batman. Yeah, right, right. Uh, we'll see how this shakes out because there's a lot here. I'm not sure if I'm on board, but I, I don't know until I actually get my eyes on it. Yeah, so that comes out um, March. I think they push it a couple of days in March, but uh, actually I think it's March 18th. That's so right. We're, it's coming up quick so a little little over a month away we'll find out uh we'll probably talk about it again once we watch it um so that is dc and then we talked about marvel with uh, falcon winter soldier those are like the two major groups of of cinema in in comic books and then there's a third one which is kind of weird because it's also marvel <laughs> but it is the sony marvel which encompasses spunk the oh, yes. spider <laughs> the sony I pictures universe of marvel characters which is mainly spider-man characters that's right right spunk uh <laughs> what is called spider-verse if, if you're okay with that okay um obviously they have spider-man but they're trying to expand that universe so they they made venom they made morbius it's not out yet but they made it right uh, right now, Jet again yeah they're rumored are they're gonna do another villain movie and it's gonna be craven and they're eyeing keanu reeves to play Craven the Hunter. Yeah, are you craving some Keanu? I gotta ask. I mean, I, I love Keanu Reeves. Me too. I love the John Wick movies. I I like the character Craven, and they kind of look similar, right? I mean, but, kind of. Yeah, but uh, Craven does a lot, and I don't know. I don't see Keanu Reeves like jumping from building to building. Well, you know, his John Wick stuff. He really does a lot of action, but he doesn't move animalistically the way kind of Craven does yeah. Hunter. You know, Craven's really this weird ex- eccentric, rambunctious yeah. character. I don't see even like Keanu like monologuing ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh Craven, I mean that guy is just like absorbed by the hunt. That is his character. Yeah. Uh like to the point where like whatever his prey is that he's trying to hunt, he almost like becomes it, right? And uh, we know this from the comic book that we did for Craven, which was uh, Craven's last hunt, the Spider-Man, where he's trying to beat Spider-Man, prove that he's better than Spider-Man, to the point where like he like he like lived covered in spiders for a while or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy because he you know he needs to in his mind be the spider, you know yeah. that's how you take down the spider. Yeah. I, he was so weird such an eccentric guy kind of like a like a richie rich kind of guy where like he's got nothing to sure. do except to learn how to hunt people yeah i don't see keanu reeves doing that right <laughs> keanu is a totally radical dude he's not a <laughs> yeah in the john wick movies he doesn't want to fight he's trying to get away right and craven is the hunter he's the one hunting the the prey so it's like a little flip of the side there so i don't i know Keanu Reeves is like blockbuster gold. You put him in a movie, it's going to sell. So that's why they want him. Yeah, put him in a video game, it'll sell. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's the perfect choice for Craven. Me neither. Um, We've talked about this, like possible other choices. I kind of liked Javier Bardem as Craven, but you said maybe he's too old. I mean, Keanu's pretty old, but he's he's agile. 
Um, so I mean, I, I know who I want. Who, who did you want? I, I, I don't remember. I, the one I want, but he's like super busy and maybe it's oversaturating the market with him. But I think Pedro Pascal could knock oh. it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I could see that. Uh, a mix of the uh, part of like his Maxwell Lord character, you know, that eccentric part of it. Maybe yeah, more serious. Kind of more, he's almost like seductive about it. Right? Yeah, I can see that. Okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, Keanu is kind of a weird choice. I love Keanu. Who doesn't love Keanu? But for Craven, yeah. so interesting. And also, we don't know what this is going to be. Is it going to be anti-hero Venom type of thing? Is that what you want mm-hmm. also? Or is this going to be a Spider-Man thing, which is kind of hard sell when Spider-Man has so many other stories to do? Yeah, I, I don't know. I almost think it'd be cool if he was hunting. Like he, his goal is to be the best hunter, like right. Mm-hmm. So he's just trying to hunt. He's trying to prove that he's better than whatever people think is the number one thing. And if you can't use Spider Man, because it's like you're gonna put Spider Man in a movie where he's not the star. I think maybe he's hunting Venom or something like that, or Carnage. Sure. Okay. Maybe that can be how they interplay. Because um, in the Kramer's Last Hunt storyline, we do have the black suit Spider-Man. That's the one we're chasing. Yeah. So it yeah. is that timeline. That could work if it's, if it's a Venom. I can see that mashup. That'd be kind of cool. What if, can we, can we kind of throw this out there? What if he's hunting Spider-Man, but it's Miles Morales? Oh, wow. What do you think? Like he pops up on the scene the first time. It's, it's uh, Miles Morales and he's already wants to hunt him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it makes sense. <laughs> I don't know why I said it, but like, just to introduce know, him too. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I don't know wh- how you make this movie. It's almost like he should be the villain of a Spider-Man movie, and not he's a star of his own movie. Right. The storyline we're talking about, Last Hunt. He's like obsessed with Spider-Man. I Meaning Spider-Man yeah. needs to be in the story. Yeah, it is a Spider-Man comic book. At the end of the day, yeah. so like, I don't know. They're is all- he hunt? Is he hunting a different Spider-Man? Are we throwing Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield back in the mix in front of him? I don't. I think. I think maybe. He, what if he's just, you know, we're casting him for the Sinister Six movie we're gonna have later on, and he's just gonna be introduced as just another villain in this crew, right? They're not getting each of their own movies. Could that work? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, is he too big of a name, Keanu, to just be like part of a team? True. True. But also maybe like it's less work than others, other jobs. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I like the idea of having Craven in the movies. I feel like he should have been in the movies by now, but Keanu, depending on how they use him, might not be the best choice. Yeah, I don't see him that eccentric kind of a guy. Um, the report says it's going to be a mashup of possibly Logan and Men on Fire. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I, I know those are kind of uh, darker movies, and you know, Last Hunt is kind of a dark, definitely one of the darkest Spider-Man stories. Okay, you know, if they're saying that, you know what those two movies have in common is that the protagonist is protecting, like, a young girl. Huh, really? Oh, is that yeah. the Deca- Dakota Fanning movie? Yeah, with Denzel. Yeah. Oh. And Logan, we know what Logan is. So, like, I could kind of see that now. Like, if Craven is forced, like, maybe he's an old-time hunter guy and he's forced back in the game. They pull me back in because I have to protect this younger character. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if he's an experienced hunter already, maybe just like quote unquote assassin type character that sure. could work. Huh. What if he's the one hunting the girl <laughs> and there's like someone right. else is like, right. like, like protecting like uh, Spider-Man is the, the one. Okay. I don't think Sony's making that movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, let's see, even if this is going to come to fruition, like they're still in talks. We don't know that he's officially playing Craven. We don't know that they're officially going to make the movie. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll keep you guys updated. Um, until then, uh, guys, could you please make sure to follow the reader copy podcast and leave us a review if you can. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or you can even stream us on Spotify. That is right. You can continue the conversation on, on social media. You can find us at the Reader Copy Podcast or on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, that is it for the news. It is now time to talk about the comic book that you chose this week. Let's get into Elf Quest. You know, sometimes I look through our recent episodes and I think that we should maybe switch up the genres a bit. So I'm thinking, okay. uh, you know, fantasy is maybe one we haven't done in a little bit. I was yeah. looking through the list, finding something. I found ElfQuest. ElfQuest! That's that's the comic we're doing this week. <laughs> Where'd you get that tone, though? I just I just pictured in my head. Oh, I, you know, the <laughs> the 70s like uh, fantasy stuff kind of has some theme songs like that where they scream out, they belt out the name of the show. So ElfQuest. What is it called again? ElfQuest. Okay. Yeah, but how does it go? ElfQuest. <laughs> <laughs> ElfQuest sounds like a Super Nintendo RPG. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Are we talking about like American or Japanese? Um, uh, American that's trying to look Japanese. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, okay, a bit about the comic we're doing this week. ElfQuest was written by Richard and Wendy Peeney. Um, they're mm-hmm. a married couple, and the art was done by Wendy Peeney. So all the art was okay, cool. done by um, her, and the art is like beautiful to me. The whole thing is black and white, and it's just beautiful uh, line work. I think just the the way she does it, it I think it's great. Um, sometimes I think maybe the colors kind of detract from the art of it in some comics. Yeah, and yeah. you know she I guess has a passion for the the uh, pencil work and the line work so it worked out great in this comic it also feels like a bit kind of older right because it is an older comic um with the fantasy style i definitely think the artwork is very good i just i'm not a fan of elves yeah the subject matter so yeah so like i get it and it looks very good um i just wish she was drawing something else (laughs) (laughs) i know what you're saying I thought it was kind of an interesting idea for doing a fantasy thing, like elves as the main characters, and it's not, mm-hmm. you know, in the era of uh, Lord of the Rings and Dungeons and Dragons, making your elves these kind of elves. They're kind of more like the smaller kind. It's kind of yeah. an interesting idea. I thought they're like gnomes almost. <laughs> yeah, it's like Keebler elves. Yeah, yeah, but more like I don't know, like uh, what is Lord of the Rings. Kind of. Yeah, more warrior Keebler elves, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> the fend, fend off people trying to eat their cookies. Uh, this is a very like popular book, right? Like It has like a cult following. It does have a cult following. Um, it was long running, okay? I'm going to tell you that. Yeah. It started out in 1978. Okay. Um, and it was, that was all under, up till 2003, under Warp Graphics. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, that's the, how long a company was held up. That's the publishing company, um, Warp Graphics. That is Wendy and Richard Peeney, Warp. What? Wendy and Richard Peeney, Warp. Oh, okay. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> so, yeah, their main idea was this comic, and they, they're kind of known for this comic, but that publishing company took on some other things like Myth Adventures and Thunder Bunny. So, so it really sounds like of the era of the 70s kind of comics. Thing is, 
ElfQuest was also distributed by Marvel Comics in 80, okay. 85 to 88. Then later in 2003 to 06 by DC Comics. Wow. And then from 13, 2013 to present by Dark Horse Comics. <laughs> so, They're just being passed around. Yeah, it's, it's the only title, only independent title that's been published by the big three, those three comic book companies. Wow. So that means there's readers for it because then they wouldn't make them unless they knew they could sell them. So there is definitely a following. Yeah. And also that explains why I always run into this DMT short box as I see it in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe I'll pick this up one night, Dave. Figure out what it's about. And I, Every I it. short box at a con has an ElfQuest comic book in it. For some reason, you always find it. And I'm always like, these uh, these Smurfs look less blue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today we're just doing three issues uh, at the beginning of the story. Um, so yeah, you know, this has been going on for 40 years now. The final issue was already passed in February tw- uh, 28, 2018, exactly 40 years after the first issue was released. Whoa. That's kind of cool, right? That's super long. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of the whole background of the comic. Let's get into the story. So we open up in a long time ago um, when this beautiful, majestic castle kind of descends on um, primitive man, right? Like cavemen type of men. And yeah. this beautiful castle descends out of the sky, like crystalline and glowing and beautiful and smoke kind of arises as it lands down. This castle is the home of the elves. And um, these are like beautiful, tall elves with like gorgeous drapery clothes and all like all the kind of different like mythical beings, like pixies and different uh, type of fantasy characters in this castle. And they meet cavemen, right? Like primitive man. And they're very brutish, these these men. They don't talk. They, they're kind of just aggressive and primal. Right. And the elves, they have, like, some powers. Mm-hmm. And one of the powers is, like, um, telekinesis, where they could, like, uh, uh, or telepathy. It's one of the T's powers. One right? of those. Things. <laughs> where they could talk to you through their mind, right? So they're trying to communicate with the cavemen. And uh, these cavemen, you could just feel, like, their bestial energy, like, oozing off them. And all they do is they just start attacking the elves um, yeah. once they meet. It's like out of fear, they go aggressive. And the elves are not there for like harming them. They're there in peace, but the cavemen just start clubbing them. And the elves just like kind of get so scared and surprised in fear of these savages starting attacking them. They leave their beautiful castle and they go running into the woods. Now, that was a story generations ago, like the beginning of the interplay between elves and men. And we learned that the elves have been living in the forest for generations now. Yeah. It's like centuries later and there's still, it's like elves versus man. They are just battling forces, the elves and the humans. The humans are still kind of of primal, but a little bit more... Um, down the road, more modern. And what they're actually doing is they've got one of the elves captured. This elf's name is Red Lance. Red Lance is tied up and they have like a fire next to him and they're sacrificing him to the, the, the gods for the humans. And there's like a shaman guy who's like super old, long hair guy, yeah. right? And he's saying like, we're going to sacrifice you to uh, Kotara, which is like the god that the humans worship. Yes, very primal, these humans. And the uh, elves are in the woods just behind the bushes getting ready to attack the humans to take back their own red lance. 
These elves are not like the first ones we saw. They're not like super tall. They're shorter elves, like um, how you would think, I don't know, like a, almost like a hobbit size, I guess. Yeah. Um, again, like I when you look at this, I think maybe they're smurfs because they look yeah, really they're, small. They're very small. I guess it's smaller than hobbits because this, this group of elves are called the wolf riders. Yes, they ride wolves, actually. Um, this band of elves, they're warriors now. They've been living in the woods for this long. Their main leader, his name is Cutter, because they call him that because he's got this like super good skills with this sword that he has. Yeah, also he doesn't go to class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, too school- he's too cool for school, you guys didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and he's their, he's their chieftain, he, he, the chief of the elves. It's like in his bloodline, right? They always say he has the blood of 10 chieftains in his blood. And he's there to save Red Lance uh, from being sacrificed by the humans. So they charge in there. He uh, starts attacking them like he's cutting them up. Is yeah. Good name for the, for him. Totally. And the the like the chief shaman guy, human, is like, hurry up and kill the elf that's tied up. Like, do the sacrifice quickly so that we can get out of here, right? But before they kill him, Red Lance, the cutter, like, jumps in and saves the day. Yeah, and you could just tell Cutter's a badass. Like, he can take down anybody. He's a good leader. He's able to save Red Lance. And um, they carry Red Lance. And again, they're riding on wolves. It's kind of a cool part of the book. They're called the Wolf Riders. And they voyage back into their, their holts, which is their, like, um, treehouse city, right, in, in the woods. Yeah. And um, they, they get Red Lance back to his, uh, his, his love. And he can kind of rest back in their holts. Um, and um, they kind of give him a talking to because he shouldn't have been near the humans in the first place. But Cutter right. and his right hand, his name is Skywise. He's like the second in command, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Skywise is like, he's an elf that loves looking up at the stars in the sky. And that's what they're doing now. And they kind of talk through um, what a good job they kind of did with uh, saving Red Lance. And like Cutter really wanted to kill that human, but he's, you know, he's got too many morals. He didn't want to do it. He's, he's not a murderer. Right. He's a hunter, but he's not a murderer. Right, yeah. He's only attacking the humans to save Red Lance, right? That's right. And we see the back at the human base. Um, They're crying over the human that died. His name is Tabak, and that's yeah. the one that Cutter had to kill to save Red Lance. That's right. But, uh, you know, he did uh, not kill the, the, the chief of the humans. So um, um, all this commotion going on, they hear the wolves cry out, Ow! <laughs> So they run to see what is going on, and the wolves, like, you know, they can't talk, but the elves can communicate with them, like, telepathy, right? Yeah, it's like Lassie. And, yeah. And then, like, they have to, like, stop, and, like, he has to read the wolf's mind, and the wolf was like, humans bring fire. <laughs> That's such, like, 70s fantasy thing to do. Uh, so then Cutter, he sends out a telepathic message to his crew, right? So we'll go by all the names. There's it's one definitely eye. like a... It's definitely like a, a Transformers or G.I. Joe naming scheme for the elves. Absolutely. It's the, it's the 70s, right? They're trying to... I could see, I could see this as a cartoon, definitely, trying to sell some toys. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that did not happen. But um, some of the names we got, we got One Eye, we got Scouter, we got Strongbow, we got Trump, Tree Stump, <laughs> we got Pike. So, we have I mean, Trump, we have Donald Trump. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that character kind of looks like him, honestly. Uh, <laughs> So, but yeah, it's like, what do you do? That's your name. You Oh, you have an eye patch? You're one eye. Exactly. You use a bow and arrow, you're strong bow. 
everyone has a nickname around town. Uh, so they back go back to the Holt, their home, and we can see all the humans with torches getting ready to um, burn their home. Yeah, and normally, like I guess, the humans and the elves are like they yeah they're against each other, but they stay apart, right? But now the humans have had enough, and they're ready to burn the whole forest down. And Cutter's like, yo, what are you doing? I, I know you hate us, but like, if you burn the whole forest down, not only are you going to like destroy our home, but we're, you're, you're going to destroy all the food that you guys eat too. So it's like, you're, you, I'm, I know you won't do it because you'll have nothing either. But the shaman guy's like, nah, like, I'm, you've had enough. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, they, they believe their God will save them, but they just burn the entire forest, burn down the, uh, the halt. And as all of the elves trying to escape their little tree houses, you know, grab all the cookies and all that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, they hop onto their wolves and they go and they voyage to the cavern of the trolls. Yeah. And also the trolls, like they're also like not with the elves, right? They're, they have to deal with them, but they're not like allies necessarily. Right. They only like, um, they trade for like, you know, pelts and then the others, they'll trade for the, um, the trolls medals and things like that, but they're not friends in any way. Right. They're not necessarily enemies like the humans, but you know, they're not also like allies with the trolls and they have to like knock on like this big metal door that they have into their tunnel. And one of the trolls like opens the door and Cutter like jumps in and like points his sword at the trolls like, you know, we're all going in because there's a fire outside. Right. Um, the trolls, they don't want them there. They, um, The trolls are used to the dark, dingy cavern. And so they don't interplay with the elves too, too much. And they just want them out there. But um, these elves are way more warrior ready, right? They have like spears and swords. And so they threaten the trolls and they make their way to their king of the trolls. And he's like on this throne in this like cavern with the stalagmites around him. And he's looking royal with this big, like big rock at his feet. And he's saying like, yo, um, we don't need you trolls or we don't need you elves. You can't stay here. Uh, I know we like trade with each other, but you need us more than we need you. Definitely. So we don't care if your home is on fire and you have to leave. Like you can't stay here. And they're getting mad, the elves are, and they're like, you know, uh, there's no way you guys are going to hunt. We hunt for you, and we bring you meat, and we trade for your metal. So, like, you, you guys definitely need us, too. They're just bickering back and forth. And, you know, they don't really want to give up what they have with each other. Um, Skywise, the second in command, that little, like, stone in front of the troll king intrigues him. He, he takes a look at it. He's, like, touching it, and he realizes it's, like, magic. It pulls all the metal that he's wearing into it. Like, I guess you could say it's magnetic, but I think it's more magic. Yeah. And he's like, well, this thing is uh, like his bracelet gets stuck to it. Right. Yeah. And he's like, what is this? And then the King's like, get out of there. That's like mine. That's like the sacred stone. That's why it's at my uh, throne. And he cutter is getting mad at the King. So it looks like he's about to lunge at him and strike the King. But instead he swings downward and like chips off a piece of that rock and gives it to Skywise. Yeah, so a nice prize there. We call this the Lod Stone. So it's like a magic stone in this universe. And Cutter, he's like a small dude, but he's pouncing right on top of the troll with a knife to his throat saying, um, um, you know, we're finding us a home right now or you're, you're going down. Um, so the Troll King mentions the Tunnel of Golden Light. 
Um, one of the trolls there also says, wait, we don't go there. But then the troll king says, shut up. And uh, he says, um, you know, you you elves can make your way to the tunnel and survive there. We don't like it there because we don't like sun, right? But you guys yeah. make a home over there. And it's like this long tunnel. And the king's like tells this one troll to like escort the elves there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, very good naming scheme. The troll's name is Picknose. <laughs> <laughs> Because he picks his nose all the time. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll show them the way through the tunnel. And it's like this long tunnel, right? Like it takes days to get through. And um, meanwhile, while they're traveling, the troll is telling Skywise like about the rock, right? Mm-hmm. And he says that rock is magic and it like came from the sky. And I think that's why Skywise really likes it because he's all about sky shit. Uh, <laughs> it's his name. It's his nickname. <laughs> pretty wise about the sky uh they make it down the in this whole long tunnel and um you know they're feeling a little down because they they don't really have a home now red lance is looking beat up he got torn up by those humans earlier but yeah. they um they finally see light at the end of the tunnel and they see and it's just like kind of open desert at the at when they get to the end this big blazing sun is beaming down on them it's really hot all of a sudden and once they all of them breach the uh, end of the tunnel, Pick knows that jerk troll from earlier. He um, tore the roof down of the uh, the cave and just closed up the entire entry to the tunnel. So now the elves are like stuck in this wasteland desert. They can't turn back. The tunnel has been closed. And like it's like imagine you look out and it's just like desert for miles. Like you would think they're leading somewhere to where they can live, but they were tricked. And now it's like we have no choice. We have to trek this like scorching desert. Scorching desert. No food, no water in sight, right? And all they see is just the cliff face behind them or forward into the desert. The lodestone around Skywise's neck, he's wearing it and it's pointing kind of just forward, just straight. It's pointing to a direction. He said. Uh, he says to Cutter, "You know, this maybe lead might lead us to some some salvation." Yeah, almost like a compass. Almost like if if this piece of rock was magnetized. Right, right. If it maybe like pointed somewhere specific, like northward. Yeah. <laughs> so they keep going. Uh, it's days. Like they're running out of food. They're running out of water. Yeah. Um, remember, it's not just the elves. It's the wolves too. And the wolves, like they have nothing to eat either. It's, uh, they can only travel at nighttime when it's cold enough, but when it's nighttime in the desert, it's freezing cold, so they, they still have to trek it. Um, the next day, they they make camp once the light shows up, and they just make tents out of their clothing, but it's just like beaming hot, and they're really running out of water. And it's so bad that Red Lance is like almost giving up. Like He's telling Cutter, like, I'm weak. I'm slowing you guys down. It's better that I just kind of stay and you guys keep going without me. Yeah, so they have to like set him down and they voyage forward. Um, Red Lance's bride does stay back and uh, treats him, but um, Cutter promises that he'll come back for them, right? Uh, there was yeah. this really intense scene with um, inside of Cutter's head. He's like, I'm going to get these elves to those mountains, the mountains where they could survive, even if they have to drink my blood. <laughs> I was like, whoa, Cutter Day. There's a, you can see like uh, Cutter's thoughts. He's like, I should have just freaking killed that human yeah. guy. Now all my people are going to die because I was not like like brave enough or, or will enough to like just kill the human, right? If I killed that guy, he wouldn't have burned down our forest. So it's all my fault. So he really feels like 
all his elves and his wolves are going to die because he did not go for the head. Yeah, let me ask you, when you look at these covers, like when you're looking through the short box, do you think this is going to be a fun comic or like more it's serious? Like elves. Intense? It's like, like fun elves, but they're going like, it's like, I should have killed that guy. Yeah. It's like, whoa, <laughs> this gives a new meaning to those cookies. Okay. <laughs> they make the point. <laughs> they they they're going through the desert some more, and they they finally they find some cactuses, and they learn what these are. They didn't they never seen these plants before. It turns out there's water in them, so they have some some way to quench their thirst a bit. And, and there's a bunch of like rocks that they have to climb up. And once they trek over the hill of of rocks, they look down into the valley that's beyond the rocks, and they see another group of 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 elves but it's not like them like they're like forest elves the elves that they see down there are a little more civilized and are used to like living in like this humid desert area right they have like a real civilization there like you know domestication and like farming and all that um even in this like kind of dense or in this like really heat desert they even look like dressed differently right yeah um i know we're reading the black and white version but there is a color version of the book oh yeah and in the color version like the elves that we follow like cutter and skywise they're like light-skinned with like blonde hair but these elves are like brunettes with like darker skin color right right so there is some distinction there right even though they are elves you could tell there's a difference right they even call these elves that they see down there they call them black hair elves yeah, and I would say like their their clothing is almost like a mixture of like Egyptian mm-hmm. and maybe like I don't know Indian, Arabian. Right? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting seeing this like new kind of culture in these elves. Um, and then Cutter sees these new elves and devises a plan. You know, it's no longer um, find common ground like he did with the trolls and um, be kind of light about it, Not no longer being the nice guy. He says, we're just going to go down there, we're going to take their stuff. Even though they're elves, they might not be on our side. Yeah, he knows they have food, he knows they have water. His people are dying. He's like, I'm going to ride my wolf down there, I'm going to take their, what they have, I'll kill them if I have to, Yeah. but I'm going to save my people. And he rides down there with um, the Wolf Riders. Other, the Wolf Riders. <laughs> it's like a wolf pack. And it's like they're invaders, right? They're storming the city and just taking food. And it's funny because like he is charging there. And instead of like uh, the, the book says like, yeah, he's starving and thirsty. But when he sees this other elf lady right there, yeah. it's like he has a different kind of thirst. <laughs> I busted out laughing reading that. <laughs> oh man! And he he, <laughs> he sees like this beauty in this um, black-haired elf, and this is Lita, and she's like the princess of these other elves, right? Right. Um, she's just a beauty, right? And instead of taking grabbing any water or food, he grabs his princess and tosses her onto his mount, onto his wolf. And so that was kind of success. The the elves of the woods they they escape and run off with their with their food and water they've stolen. Uh, and and the princess. Oh yeah, her too. <laughs> so the warriors of like these desert elves are like they're chasing them. They don't have wolves, right? So no. they're slower. But they know that they went back into the top of the the mountain, right? So they're climbing the the rocks as the wolf riders are like trying to hide, and they're like watching um, the the desert elves like climb up the mountain, and they're like, okay, well, we'll just be quiet, and they won't find us. And he's telling the princess that he kidnapped. Right? Yeah, he's like, uh. 
I'm going to let go of your mouth and don't scream. And I promise you, like, if you scream, I'm going to do something you don't want. Right. Okay. Like, it's very like, they're not even trying to hide yeah. the, the writing that first off, he kidnapped a, <laughs> a woman. Pretty crazy. And, and that he would do something if she screamed. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Elf quest. <laughs> Map quest. <laughs> the only um, one from the desert elves to make it to the top of the hill is Rayek, and he's like the top hunter of these desert elves, right? And he's got the hots for Lita, the princess, and so he makes it up there, but instantly he's surrounded by all of the wood elves, the wolf riders. Um, but with some special power he has, he stares into the eyes of one of the elves there, and he's able to just control him and just stop him in yeah. his tracks. So these desert elves actually have a different power than the forest elves. Interesting. Um, it's kind of more like control instead of messaging, right? Instead of telepathy. And they're about to, like, they all jump on Rayek. And the princess elf is like, please don't kill him. I'll do anything. And she's like looking at Cutter, like, please tell them to stop, right? Yeah. And then um, Rayek, I mean, um, Cutter, like this guy, he is DTF, right? <laughs> Head over heels, I'll say he looks at her and in, in his mind like even the writing is like i came to steal your water but you were the one that stole my heart oh, yeah <laughs> so funny uh lita's dressed like a, a belly dancer by the way so that's her outfit um i don't know if cutter cannot help it he's like okay uh we'll go back down into the valley and we'll talk it through with your child's people um maybe i was wrong to have my people pounce on your people and steal stuff right yeah so they they decide to go down in peace and um, they meet like the, I guess like he's like the priestess or whatever of, of the, the tribe there for the desert elves. Yeah, kind of maybe their pharaoh or their king, but more like a, like a religious king or something. He is Sun Toucher. That's his name. He's got this like nice kind of <laughs> cool uh, <laughs> headdress. S-U-N, not S-O-N. Oh, okay. Yes, that's S-U-N. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this guy, he's blind, but he can... Um, he can with his with his own powers. He can understand the intentions of people, and he understands yeah. that these people they attack us because they're hungry, because they're thirsty, not because they're evil. And you know they're elves at the end of the day. And he tells that to Cutter and his people, and they kind of come into like a truce and understanding that they'll share. Yeah. They'll just share what they have. Yeah, and then he's like, "All right, great, my people are saved." And then he like instantly snaps and remembers like, "Oh crap, we left Redlands and his girl." way back in the desert so it's like i totally forgot let me go get them and bring them food and stuff so he goes to the desert but along with him is uh the princess lita and the like their great hunter guy uh rayek right yeah but like he is riding a wolf and they're riding horses that's true they they're way taller the funny thing is they're his wolf is so badass and their horses look like dopey it's <laughs> kind of funny the way it's drawn um, so yeah, Lita's there to be the healer for, for Redlands. When they arrive, they, f they find Redlands still alive and his bride there too. And Lita with her powers, she kind of holds Redlands's hand and heals him, right? Kind of saves his life. He's just, he was on the edge of it, right? So, yeah, so they all go back to the, the desert village and the, like the blind priest guy, Suntoucher is like, uh, cut her. <laughs> 
I want you to meet um, like their. I guess she's really their leader, like their spiritual leader, because she's inside like the hut uh, in the center of the city. Yes, this is Sava, the mother of memory, and she has this like beautiful, colorful throne. I imagine it's black and white, but I imagine it's a really colorful throne that she stands, she sits on. And she's got like really gorgeous clothing on, and she's taller than like all of the elves. Um, Cutter even asks, "Are you one of the high ones, like one of their gods?" Um, yeah. So they, these elves and these other elves, they share this type of god, the high ones. Um, but she says, "No, I'm just kind of older. I've I'm a lot more older than you elves, and that's why she's so much yeah. taller." Remember the original elves that came in that castle? They're like tall, like they're like human size, right? Mm-hmm. But centuries later, I don't know why these elves of Elf Quest are short. But her, she is like as tall as the old elves, right? And that's why he thinks. She is one of the high ones. She's yeah. like 420 all day, <laughs> right? And she's like, no, nah, I'm not like that. Just casual. Nah, brah. <laughs> <laughs> so she um, she explains that she was like really, really old. Like before they voyaged into the desert, she was in the past, um, lived in the woods too a long, long time ago. She even remembers the evil humans from back in the day that drove her out of the forest. Yeah. Um, so these two, this fusion of these two cultures of elves, it ends the night with this like beautiful celebration, you know, um, a lot of belly dancing and all this great food around. And we see Rayek. <laughs> it's funny because they're like belly dancing around the fire, right? Yeah. And you see like the young um, boy from the woods, yeah. right? Like he's never seen belly dance. Like his like <laughs> eyes are huge. And like even the wolf is like staring at the belly dance like, whoa. Like <laughs> intense. <laughs> this is like Coachella right now in the desert. <laughs> one, of this, one of the wolves' tongue is out. <laughs> Um, so Rayek, remember the, uh, head hunter of the desert elves, he's kind of just sulking there. He, he hates Cutter and what he did to Lita, right? So he's just kind of sulking there. He views these outsiders as evil. Uh, yeah, he kidnapped. Pretty, princess. yeah, it was kind of weird to see the, our hero do that. Um, but, um, after a while, like maybe a couple of weeks, um, the elves of the woods kind of assimilate into the, um, the desert elves, but they decide they're gonna move to a nearby cavern and live there for a while so that we can, you know, they don't have to mooch off too much. But Rayek, the reason he's such a good hunter is his elf power is like, um, the other T power, uh, telekinetic power. <laughs> I not can't. telepathy but telekinetic where like he can control things with his mind and yeah. like summon things to his hand like with his mind almost like jedi yeah yeah pretty much we see him doing his hunting thing he's hunting a wild boar and he just stops it in its track um and he pulls out his knife ready to um kill it for the hunt and cutter from up high on a little mountain says, oh, you hunt with no honor, right? You just want to control your thing before you take it as prey. Right. And Rayak is like, whatever, like, I don't care about you. You're an outsider. And Cutter's like, oh, is that how you plan to get Lita, right? Just using your powers. Yeah. And then he's like pissed off. This angers Rayak a lot. And he's like, maybe I'll just do this to you. And he stabs the boar like up from the bottom of like the chin yeah. straight into like the boar's head. 
You know, I sometimes think when I was reading this at first, like, is this going to be like a Saturday cartoon? But it's, it's like way too dark for that. I guess no. that's like what Ninja Turtles is like. It's like way darker before it became a Saturday morning cartoon. So they could have wired it like down. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> intense. We know that Cutter, though, is really head over heels for Lita. That's all he's thinking about. He, you know, his his uh, crew is laid up now. All he can think about is Lita. Um, as he pays a visit to her, Rayek tosses Cutter to the ground and throws this wand, this like kind of tribal wand, in between Cutter's legs. <laughs> Apparently, this is the challenge wand. Yeah. Uh, it is, of course, the challenge for the hand of Lita, right? Who will be so, Lita's life mate? Yeah. So the three of them go to um, uh, Savan, who's like, remember that, that uh, tall elf that who's like, was like their leader or whatever? Yeah. And Savan's like, okay, well, uh, Lita, the challenge has been made. You have to decide, either choose one or neither. You can't like, you know, tease these guys anymore. No, no half-stepping. <laughs> and um, we get a, a look of Lita with a really suggestive look at to, to each of them. And she just can't decide but actually in her head we know that what always pops into her mind is cutter yeah weird attraction there right um but she can't decide she never says names one of them so what happens is an actual challenge they're gonna have to fight it out with hand head and heart that means through strength wit and courage so it's this like ritualistic competition between the two of them these two um possible suitors yeah the first challenge is kind of cool they have like um almost like a barrel with two planks across Mm -hmm. the middle and they're going to be blindfolded and then they have to like stand on the planks and balance and the first one to fall off or knock the other one off is the winner of that challenge while they're blindfolded that is right um they only have like they eat grab each other by one hand right and they have to just push the other one off um, and while these other elves are trying to teeter off the, each of them. And so they all both have pretty good balance, some pretty good athletics, but Cutter was able to get the upper hand and toss Rake down to the ground. Now, with Cutter winning the first mission, the next challenge is one of wits. They have to uh, give up their prized weapon, and the other elves are going to hide it somewhere in the caverns, in the deep, dark caverns. Yeah, and uh, Cutter is like, no, you can't take my sword, right? Yeah. At first, but everyone's like, no, it's part of the challenge. Rayek is doing it too. So they take the sword, and um, they're, again, like blindfolded and like put on horses to be pushed like out into the desert and then their job is to like untie themselves by themselves take off the blindfold and then first one to find their weapon and get it wins the challenge and um skywise mm -hmm. right he has like that rock right that the he took from stone. The, yeah yeah from the the trolls he made like a necklace out of it and he ties it around cutter he's like this is like for good luck right nice okay so the two of them on their own separate paths they're navigating these dark caverns um and as they voyage through these like dark paths, they see each see that their own weapon is stuck in like a huge gash in the ground, uh, right? And it's just at just far enough where they can't reach down and just grab it out of the the hole. Yeah, it's down in like a crack. So um, Rayek uses like his necklace, and it's almost like a you know the claw machine games. Totally. Yeah, I'm good at those. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, sure. I'm I'm skilled. I promise you. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Uh, he has he's using that to like it's almost like three uh, teeth, like saber tooth teeth or whatever. Yeah. So that way, like when he pulls it up, it closes and it can grab his sword. So he's he's trying to use his necklace to like claw his sword out of the crack. I see. Okay, now he's able to get it. Meanwhile. Cutter, he's using the lodestone at the end of the necklace to um, pull on the his sword, right? It's kind of like a... It's magnetic, right? So it can pull into his, his sword. Right. Kind of cheating. Kind of cheating, right. Um, <laughs> they're not supposed to be using magic with this whole thing, right? Right, yeah. Um, so they both make it out in their individual timing. It turns out Rai got there later. Cutter was the first one to make it out with his yeah. own sword. Rag is like approaching the tent where the Emerald died. He's like, I did it. I win, whatever. And when he gets yeah. in there, like Cutter's already there with his sword. <laughs> He's been there for a while. And um, Rag says he cheated. He uses the Lodstone to magnetically pull it out of the, the thing. That's magic, right? We can't be using that. But right. the chieftain, Suntoucher, says that he didn't know it was magnetic. He didn't know it was magic. So we allow it. <laughs> Man, his own tribe like really hates Rick. <laughs> I would too. He's kind of a jerk. Uh, but um, so Rick has only one chance, the heart challenge to win um, Lita's hand, right? Right. Which is weird. It's already two out of three, but I guess there's you got to do the last challenge. You got to do the last challenge. Um, the mother of memory says the last challenge will be a question of courage. So she kind of just touches the heads of the two challengers and reads their deepest fear. Right. And she reads Cutter's and she realizes like what his biggest fear is. And she's like, okay, well, that's your challenge. And Cutter's <laughs> like, oh my God, no, like I can't do this. They're both terrified when they get their minds read, right? Turns out um, his biggest fear is of heights. So they go to, you know, when you go to like those rock faces and there's yeah. like a nice, like big bridge up in the sky that where the rock kind of just like makes this somehow makes like this small bridge up top. Yeah. So he has to like cross the rock bridge that is like super narrow. And he thinks like, I kind of can't do this. I'm too scared. Right. It's his biggest fear. He He's a tree off. He should be able to do this, but he's never been up this high. Um and so he he goes for it. He kind of crosses down the rock bridge. He makes it just a couple feet. He looks down and it's just too high for him. He gets so scared and turns back. He turns back and he's ashamed, right? Like he is in love with Lita, but he just can't conquer his fear over heights. And all the other elves are just like trying to console him. But like uh, Rayek is there and he's like taunting uh, Cutter. Like, oh, he can't do it. He's super weak and he's like i'm going to prove to you that i can do it so he starts going over the bridge yeah he's going over it like it's nothing right he he's, he's like balleting over the bridge because it's so like easy to him like and then a gust of wind pushes him off right right off the bridge and he's able to grab just just a ledge before he can fall to his death and he's holding on and this is the real test of bravery because Cutter, without even thinking about it, like runs across the bridge to try to save him. And he's reaching and he's got um, Rayek's hand just inches away. And that's where we're going to stop for today. Yeah. Does he save Rayek? Does he conquer his own fear? Does he win uh, Lita's heart? Or is he forever known as a kidnapper? Like, this guy's not great. <laughs> He's not great, no. Um, he makes mistakes, I guess. But I thought that was interesting. I, I got to say, the artwork was beautiful. I thought, the artwork is my favorite part yeah. of the book. 
Wendy did such a great job with it. Um, is it maybe got some weird awkwardness carrying over from the 70s, right? Sure. Maybe that is it, the whole society we're living in. But um, it's kind of cool, the world building it's in it, right? The different cultures clashing. Um, uh, fantasy stuff is kind of intriguing and in how Cutters, he's like a, he is like a badass, I gotta say. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. I like how they, they ride wolves. Right? Wolf riders, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also like how... It's like centuries of a war between them and man, and they're forced to leave their home. Uh, I wonder, like, where the elves come from? They come from the sky. They come from space, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe that Lodstone is from where they're from somehow. Yeah. And then, like, to know, like, they're not, like, they're descendants from those elves, but there's other elves from all over, like, the desert, and who knows, maybe they'll find other elves in other places, too. But, like, like you said, there's, like, 40 years of this, like, there's just an endless amount of stories in this yeah i think it's a story that's meant to go on forever and i, I kind of like that sometimes you know it feels like it's a mm. saturday morning cartoon you know way more uh serious and way more adult than that but um i could see this if they you know dampered it down a bit it could be a good saturday morning cartoon i mean you think the title it's like oh elf quest it's kind of like for kids but like no like the dude Things like, I should have killed that guy. Yeah. Uh, and then there's things like, I'm going to kidnap your princess. And if you don't shut up, I'm going to make you shut up. It's <laughs> crazy. So uh, it's definitely not for kids. No, not not at all. It's not Smurfs. When it was no. first, I thought, is this Smurfs? Right? With, <laughs> with swords, maybe? But it's not really that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's kind of an interesting read. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. Maybe I'll read more of the newer stuff. Um, but yeah, 40 years. They This duo like really put out a, a good project, I'd say. Definitely, yeah. Um, I'd say check it out. I, I said there's a color version, but we were reading the black and white, and I think the black and white is definitely better. I think so too. That color version, there's actually drama behind that. Like They didn't give their say for oh, that really? other company to do it. So there was legalities that went through yeah, and everything. I, I saw some uh, pages from the colored version. Yeah. Like I gotta say, it, it looks worse. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes, you know, you, you think maybe just you add color to it and whatever, but coloring really can change the whole vibe of the book. And this black yeah. white version is good enough. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, that was a good read. I like I like the look of it and everything. That was Elf Quest. Uh, with that, you want to move on to our side stories? Yeah, let's do it. I've been meaning to watch this movie for a very long time, and I've had it saved on my computer for like months. Oh, what? Okay. And I always see clips from it on like social media, and it makes me want to watch it. But I finally like just sat down and watched it, and it's um, The Gentleman. Do you know that movie? Yeah. You've talked about this in the past, just mentioning you want to watch it. I don't yeah. see the appeal. Like It's like British guys in mobster suits and stuff. It looks cool, <laughs> modern day, right? Okay. It stars, um, <laughs> talk about British. It stars Matthew McConaughey. Right, British. <laughs> All right. It stars, right. Uh, right. I think his name is uh, Charlie Hunnam, right? right. Mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy. Who also is uh, not British. <laughs> is he not? He's Australian? I think he's Australian. Oh, okay. Uh, it also stars, stars uh, Colin Farrell, who I think if you really narrow it down, he's like Irish, right? I think he's secretly Johnny Depp. <laughs> so he's American. Um, and, oh, okay. And then it stars uh, uh, Hugh Grant. So British, finally British. Hugh Grant. Okay. All right. Final. It's a modern day mobster style movie of like these English um, gangsters, right? And it's like the guys that like wear suits and drink scotch 
Whiskey. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. I think the storytelling in it is, is interesting because the way they tell the story and slight spoilers is it's two guys and one guy is telling the story of the movie to the other guy All who, right. who he's recapping the events of the previous like couple days and why he needs to do what he needs to do. Right. He's trying to tell this guy to do something and this is why. And he's telling the story and the, the movie is the story. Okay. All okay. Right? Matthew McConaughey plays like this leader of like this gang uh crime group he is an american in the movie that grew up in britain and becomes like works his way up to becoming like one of the biggest mobster guys in 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 england interesting that's my first question is he american (laughs) he is american he doesn't try to do a british accent right okay charlie hunnam is like his right hand guy handles all the dirty work and then uh his girlfriend in the movie um matthew mccartney's girlfriend in the movie is or wife, I think, is uh, I forget her name, but she's in Downton Abbey. She's like the oldest daughter. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can yeah. picture it. Yeah. And uh, the movie is just all like suits, cigars, fancy cars, right? Um, I think it was this Guy Ritchie movie. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's what was my first question. My next question. It's it's a Guy Ritchie movie. It's like a mobster. So what's their thing? Is there they're trying to steal something? Is it drug dealing? Okay. Enforcement. Well, look- I don't want to ruin it too uh, much, okay. but the idea is he's a drug dealer and he wants out of the game. Matthew McConaughey does. Oh. So he's trying to sell his whole system to another. Like he, He's like, my whole thing's up for sale, right? Set up, right. Okay, cool. And it's like, there's two other groups. There's one that's like um, this dude who is like, on paper, he looks like he's clean and he's just rich, but really he makes money selling drugs and he's like... Okay, I'll, I'll maybe I'll, he's trying to sell it to that guy, and then there's like the Asian gang, which is like um, the guy from Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's also British, and it's like a three-way battle. And, and then Colin Farrell is like a guy that is trying to get kids off the streets and teach them how to be upstanding men. Okay, but through like um, through martial through MMA, right? Oh, so he owns like a gym, and he has like this group of kids, like young young guys that he's like oh uh he's took it from the streets but then they do some stupid stuff that get them involved now colin farrell's involved right and then uh hugh grant who's like one of the cooler characters in the movie plays this reporter who is pretty much documenting everything that's happening (laughs) and now has like all this information so uh the movie goes on as plot twists uh cool scenes uh those funny scenes um and the movie kind of just is about how they get away with it. So like, I don't want to ruin it too much, yeah. but I'll say if I had to rate it out of 10, it's like a eight and a half. Really? Wow. That's pretty high. I didn't expect yeah. that. So it gets the Chris stamp of approval. Yeah. I definitely say watch it. Maybe I, I expected more. Maybe I expected um, like a more lean into like the richer lifestyle and stuff. Cause like, that's the appeal to me. It's like, they look freaking cool. Right. Rich, yeah. And that they only reach like a certain, it didn't hit the spot. Like, they show that, but it's like, uh, I want to see more of that. More glam. Okay. Yeah. You know, they, didn't, they didn't wow me. You, you got to woo me, right? <laughs> uh, but the actual plot of the movie is pretty interesting. The initial like look of it made me think it's like, maybe it's inside the Kingsman <laughs> continuity. <laughs> yeah. It has like some of that styling, like some some like really uppity, rich English people in it. So it's not that, right? <laughs> Um, Gentlemen, Kingsman. No, yeah, it's not in the Kingsman universe, but I mean, like, they yeah. have the same costume designer, probably. Yeah, it felt that way. 
does it have any of the stylism in it or is it because um no okay okay no it, it's a straight up like mobster movie that this is set in england uh i definitely think you should watch it it has some parts that are it, it seems long that's what i'll say oh it seems long i don't know how long it actually is but like it kept going and i'm not hating it for that but it could have been tighter i guess and the whole idea is how how do they get away with it or how do they solve this problem? And the reveals and the plot twists at the end are like, yeah, they're twists, but it's not, it's just like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, like there's one cool twist and then the rest of it is kind of like, okay, they decided A or B and they decided B, so whatever. <laughs> All right. That's interesting. How'd you get an 8.5 then? Is it just the style of it? Yeah. Maybe 8.5 is high. Maybe it's an 8. Okay. <laughs> I, maybe I'll pick it up because I, I haven't seen a lot of like the movies in this genre, maybe like Snatches in this genre or maybe sure. um, In Bruges. I haven't seen those movies. In Bruges. Um, oh, really Carol, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen those. Um, do, you, do you watch Peaky Blinders? I did. Yeah, I kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, Killian Murphy was, was really cool in it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's more it's retro. Like, it's like that if, it, if Peaky Blinders was set today. I see. Okay. That yeah. Int- intrigues me a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'd say give it a watch. I think Hugh Grant is very good in it. That's surprising. I didn't think he would be the breakout. I thought it'd be McConaughey, probably, but okay. I mean, McConaughey's doing McConaughey. Nothing I haven't seen. Um, all right. He's playing a cool guy, and he doesn't have to act that hard. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you just showed up on set one day. You didn't know yeah. he had a role. <laughs> so that's uh, all I talked about for a side show. It, it, it side stories. It's. Something I've been wanting to see. Glad I watched it, but maybe falls 10% short of what I expected. Gotcha. Okay. I'll give it a try if, if I feel like it, if I can find it. Uh, okay. So that's what you got for Side Stories. This week, I wanted to make use more of my Apple TV free subscription. So I gave a try for The Morning Show on, on Apple TV. Oh, yeah. That's their big like hit show. Like, is, that's what they're really trying to push. Is that good? Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I like it. It stars Jennifer Aniston. And Steve Carell, right? The two of them, they pull- Hilarious. You, you think, yeah. <laughs> it's not exactly a, a comedy of this show. It's funny sometimes, but um, the premise of the show is the two of them are like news anchors uh, for, think of like a breakfast news, like Good Morning America, you know. Okay. Feel a good, happy news show, right? Sure. The thing is, Steve Carell gets accused of sexual misconduct, in the in the show wow. right so he gets like canceled and he gets you know ostracized in just the whole like in the news cycle right everyone hates him he gets fired from the show and um the whole th- show is following the background of the behind the cameras of the news show right and how okay. they adjust to that and jennifer aniston she's i think she's the main character and so she's like really more like you know, like in her later career, she's more like the angry kind of character. And she's really All doing right. that well. She's like really like really cutthroat and behind the scenes. Kind of everyone on the show is kind of after themselves so they make sure they can keep their career in this whole drama, right? Okay. Um, they make the show out that Steve Carell actually didn't do something so bad. Um, and they do compare that to other stuff. So it's, you know, take it in as you will. So it's kind of, he didn't necessarily make it out, do his do bad as such as they made on on the show but um they have to replace him right so they replace him with reese witherspoon Mm, and she plays more like this real reporter for like a small town uh news network right um but then she gets a lucky break and actually makes to the big leagues to this show right like at a good morning america type show um so 
Uh, that's that's the whole setup, and she's kind of struck with the limelight and trying to adjust to it, and it's all surprised. That's kind of what the show's premise is. All the drama on the, the behind the scenes of the cameras, her entering to this new role, Jennifer Addison trying to adjust and make good with this new partner, right? And yeah. it's interesting, kind of the interplay and the awkward emotions they have to deal with behind everything. Um, so those are kind of the main characters, but my favorite character is played by Billy Crudup. Uh, okay, what is he? If you don't know that guy, he's the guy that played Manhattan, Mr. Manhattan in uh, Watchmen, right? And he's the movie. Of, the movie. And he's kind of like a sleazy TV exec, right? He's like, <laughs> okay. he's like all smiles, and he's like using this opportunity to maybe make the show better, right? Because TV news, it's not what it used to be, right? Nobody's really, yeah. It's like internet does that for us already, all the entertainment that we need. So he kind of kind of just brushes away the news and wants it to be more of an ex- exciting, entertaining show, right? And he's like a just a TV exec trying to use this opportunity to the, on the flip side. And he's kind of cool in the way he kind of interplays and kind of manipulates people actually on the show. Um, so Can you compare yeah. this to um, The Newsroom? Do you remember that show? Yeah, I was going to compare it to that. Um, because like the actual show that they make on the two different shows are different. Um, yeah. This was a lot less serious in regards to that aspect about news reporting. But I like seeing like people do these roles behind the scenes of like getting the show, the intensity of... Um, live television, right? Of them organizing yeah. the background. Uh, oh man, this the girl on the show is messing up the whole show. We have to adjust and figure it out. <laughs> Things like that. It's kind of high in it when we get to those moments. It's really intense. I like that. I really like Newsroom too. So this is the first season's out on Apple TV. Yeah. And have you seen the whole season? I'm just halfway, so I, I need to finish okay. it up. Yeah. 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 I heard it was good. I do want to check it out. It's, I'm assuming Steve Carell's not in it too much. You know, he he's not in it too much. No, he is in it. And I think he shows up throughout the season. It's not like he's brushed under the rug at the very beginning. But uh-huh. um, not as much as Jennifer Aniston or Reese Witherspoon. How, how's Jennifer Aniston? This is not like a sitcom. How's she doing more of a drama? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's kind of more... Uh, more interesting her series character like even though she has to play this lovable character on the news show whatever you know yeah. behind the scenes she's really like more serious and um just also they're like super rich people from new york so they're like they <laughs> they expect the world to fall at their feet like all of them on the show right they're all super rich so uh it's interesting to see that too just the i want to have nice things they've they're like rich there you know <laughs> multiple homes cool. and all that uh yeah really good show i like how like the different characters interact Bill, um mark duplass is on it i don't know if you know him, that guy he's kind of funny on the show oh, i know the name where's he from yeah you ever seen safety not guaranteed with uh oh yeah yeah, yeah that, that guy. actor yeah yeah good show okay cool yeah that is a morning show on apple tv the morning show on apple tv yeah okay give it a try I gotta check that out if you yeah. got a, if you got a subscription do you have anything else you want to talk about uh, that's it for me just making use out of my new free apple tv subscription okay i do want to mention something real quick i know last week i said that i had canceled my pull list and am no longer purchasing paper comic books You're, okay after having no more space for it uh i Gave a shot to the two things I was considering, which was Marvel Unlimited and Comicsology Unlimited. Oh, okay. I did the trials for both. I think I'm going to stick with Marvel Unlimited. Really? Just that? Yeah. I mean, I like Marvels. I don't know what to say. Like, It has everything I want to read for the Marvel stuff, whereas Comicsology has, I think, a wider array. Obviously, they have more publishers, but... 
it has more stuff that I'm not interested in. So oh. it's like, yeah, I could probably discover things that I, I'll like there, but I, I, I want comfort food from the <laughs> comics, which is Marvel. So I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. There's still definitely like DC stuff and image stuff I want to read. So I'll have to piecemeal those and just get those a la carte. But like, as far as like a buffet of comic books, the Marvel Unlimited plan seems pretty darn good. Um, the releases are only three months behind actual paper oh, releases. Right. So it's like, it's pretty recent stuff. So I, I enjoy it. It has, what I'm going to read is like all the X-Men stuff, all the new Thor stuff, all the new Venom stuff, even the new Avengers runs are on there. So it's like everything I would have gotten on paper is available on Marvel Unlimited. And it's super easy to read. It has the really cool like, zoom into the panel and just like read a panel by panel instead of the whole page okay cool, cool. yeah and it, on the, my ipad it's great on my phone it's great so i have a feeling i'm going to stick with it um i did the trial that was like a week i'm happy with it and then i signed up for the month which is ten dollars but i think after the month i'm going to just do the annual payment which is a lot cheaper which i believe is like six bucks a month so it's like a whatever seventy something eighty something bucks for the whole year. Uh, I think it's definitely worth that value. Oh, okay. I was gonna ask maybe, you know, this will be your first subscription, and then maybe you'll just turn this one off in a couple months and try something else. Maybe just piecemeal it that way, and you know, exchange a couple couple times to different things. You want to stick with Marvel? I'm just gonna stick with Marvel because the the savings for paying for the whole year is significant. So I'm just gonna do that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Hear you. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my update for comics. I'm going all digital, uh, and then um, I'll let you guys know what I'm reading. Okay. I want to. I want to hear what you got. What you got? Dig into the backlog. All right. Well, if you want to know, you want to make sure you subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. Uh, we're on all major podcast platforms. But what really helps, what we want to ask you, is if you please leave a review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or on Spotify. That really helps us, and it costs you nothing. So if you know anyone that are into comic books or comic book movies or shows, please recommend the Reader Copy Podcast. That is right. And also, you can talk to us about the comics you're reading, what you think we should do on the show, what uh, we should maybe just pick up in our own reading. You can find us on all the social media at the Reader Copy Podcast is us. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, guys. All right. We'll be back next week, continuing on with WandaVision for the recap show and a brand new comic book on Wednesday. But until then, Daniel, can you please hit him with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. Okay. See you guys. Better day. Error. Error.